This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Dennis Cox sitting in for AG this afternoon. Appreciate you for tuning in with me today. That's not Victoria on the other side of the glass. That's Graham Hill. I'm not. What a wholesome Wait, intro here. by Manny Diaz, by the way. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing. I was actually, when I was listening to what Manny Diaz was saying there about, you know, sometimes like you get to experience something first to really understand it. You know, he, he compared the first time he was a head coach when he was at the University of Miami to now being the head coach at Duke. Okay, what'd you learn from the first time? Saying, you know, it's kind of like you being a parent. I'm not a parent, but many people out there listening are, but it's like being a parent or I'll even maybe a dog owner until you actually do it and experience it for the first time. You don't know how you're going to handle it. So he's, he's saying basically that he learned a lot and I wish the Carolina Panthers would actually maybe, you know, learn how to win some freaking football games. So you can experience it a little bit later on. Um, six Graham, six points. Oh, I thought you were talking about six losing seasons under David Tepper. Wow, that is very fitting. So, it, so if anything, yesterday's Six game the magic was actually, number. it really is the magic number. Gosh. All right, let's get this thing started. We are going to get into the Panthers here uh, in a moment. We're uh, coming up in about 30 minutes or so. I'm going to tell you why I'm not quite ready to hit the panic button on the Carolina Hurricanes. And at 1245, I'm also going to tell you um, the big glaring problem when it comes to Duke basketball. But I got five things. On the Carolina Panthers to get things started. All right. A lot of people are going to look at Bryce Young, the rookie quarterback. Okay, so let's start there. Bryce Young, the rookie QB. Didn't have a good game yesterday. I I, I will say this. Some people might disagree. I thought it was actually one of his lesser performances yeah. so far this season. And he hasn't had many good ones. But also, this team hasn't had many good ones. You're 1-12 for a reason. Again, they lost uh, if you decided to not watch it yesterday. 28-6, the final score on the road at the New Orleans Saints. Carolina Panthers losing once again, again, dropping to 1-12 on the season. There are just a little bit too many missed throws that I I would expect Bryce to maybe make. For example, very tail part of the first half, about 12-11 seconds left in the first half. Jonathan Mingo on a deep post route has his defenders beat. Bryce reads the play perfectly, has room to room to step up in the pocket, time to throw the ball, and he just overshoots Jonathan Mingo. He just completely misses that throw. Those are ones that he has to make. There are some deep out routes or some deep corner routes, one to DJ Chark where he had to kind of make a, try to make a contested catch. Ball was just underthrown. That needed to be out a little bit more towards the sideline. So underthrowing that was uh, was Bryce Young. There was another one where Adam Thielen had to slide down and make a catch on a deep corner route to the left side of the field, a ball that was once again underthrown by Bryce Young. There was a pass to Stephon Sullivan in the end zone where Bryce threw it behind. So even one in the, across the middle of the field, Jonathan Mingo, Bryce Young was threw it behind a little bit as well. There are a ton of problems on this Carolina Panthers offense. Tons of problems. The offensive line and the protection as a whole isn't really good at all. Gosh, look at the look at the play where uh, it was actually, I thought they initially ruled an interception, but they officially ruled the fumble. But Bryce Young's turnover that he had, I think it was in the second quarter, there was an eight-man protection. They had eight guys protecting Bryce Young, and there was still a jailbreak. Yeah, Eight guys still, and there's still a jailbreak. You know what? In that case situation, 
Bryce, just eat the football in that situation. Just eat the football. And he tried to step up, try to make a throw, and it ends up being a turnover. So it's just, I get it. Everything around him was collapsing on him. That's not on Bryce. That's on the people that are protecting. They're not doing their job. But he's not helping the problem, if that makes sense. It's kind of compounding a little bit. Uh, Bryce Young, speaking of the quarterback, um, why? by the way, Bryce Young was only 13 of 36 passing yesterday. 13 of 36. Three complete passes in the first half. Not good. Bryce, why the team can never get the passing game going? Um, again, lack of execution, especially for myself. Um, missed a lot of things. Um, I thought we thought we played well on on the perimeter, played well up front, um, but I gotta I gotta continue to get better. I kind of disagree with him playing well up front, but he's gonna say the right thing and not throw his teammates under the bus. So he, here's the thing with Bryce: he's always gonna say the right thing, always has. He's very well trained in that regard. But Chris Tabor, interim head coach, is Bryce gaining anything from all this? Absolutely, I think I think that he's gonna continue to improve. And um, and I, I, that that doesn't that doesn't concern me at all. We ran the ball for 200 yards today, so I know I know you're going right there at the line, uh, but but we ran the ball for 200 yards. Somebody's blocking them. Okay, here's the thing: both things can be true. You can have a really good performance in the run game as a team, but that doesn't mean your offensive line and their protection as pass blocking is good either. Like both things can be true. And just because you had a great game running the ball overall doesn't mean you necessarily were blocking consistently on all levels, if that makes sense. Now, here's the thing. Bryce Young, like 40 of those yards were Bryce Young scrambling. Now, that's probably something he maybe needs to do a little bit more is use his legs. And you know what? Things are kind of broken down. If you got room to run, just trust your legs and go and just don't take any big hits. Just get down. We'll tell any quarterback to do that. But 40 of those yards were on Bryce Young scrambles. So you take that into consideration. Also, you had the 148-yard big run by Miles Sanders. It's like, okay, you did have the big chunk play, but all right, you ran consistently like three, four, five yards. Uh, Chuba Hubbard yesterday, 23 carries, 87 yards. Just averaged 3.8 yards per carry. So, again, Chris Tabor, both things can be true. You can still be bad at pass blocking and still have a decent game running the ball or a good game running the ball. Both things can be true. All right, so that's the first thing on the on the Panthers. Second thing is the limited playmaking ability on this team. We talked about that that contested catch that Bryce Young kind of underthrew to the right sideline to DJ Chark. That you can't make a contested catch. Miles Sanders had his best play. Honestly, it was probably the best offensive play this season yeah. for the Carolina Panthers, that 48-yard run that Miles Sanders had. It's amazing when we can sit back and sit there and count on our hand the number of big plays that the Carolina Panthers have had this season. You had the Miles Sanders run. You had a, I was like a 48-yard uh, pass completion uh, several weeks back to Hayden Hurst. Mm -hmm. I think it was the game against Chicago, that Thursday night game. And then you also had the long pass in the game against Seattle to DJ Chark, where's 47 yards end up scoring a touchdown. Like the fact that you could count these number of plays in on one hand and we're 13 games in, it's bad. Not good. Not good at all. Uh, by the way, Carolina, I will say this was pretty aggressive with play calling. They were taking shots down the field early in the game, which you know what? I don't mind it. You're one and whatever. Take shots downfield. I really don't mind it at all. Bryce Young talked about the aggressive play calling. 
um, you know, we just, just want to be aggressive. You know, it was kind of a reaction of, um, you know, a little bit of how they're playing us too. Um, and, you know, we want to be able to take what the defense gives. So, uh, you know, we always want to have an aggressive mindset. And, you know, TB did a great job of dialing up some shots. We did a great job on the outside of, of, of winning, giving opportunities. And, you know, I got to do a better job of executing. Okay, so there it is. All right, third thing on the Carolina Panthers from their loss yesterday, 28-6 to the New Orleans Saints. The Carolina Panthers are everyone's get-right game. Absolutely. They are the get-right game for everyone else on their schedule. Because I thought going in, like, you know, all right, Saints are, you know, Derek Carr's banged up. He's got, like, rib stuff. He's got, he was just, he was just cleared a concussion protocol. Maybe you can find something, maybe. And you, Saints are like, hey, let's get, let's get after it, boys. Let's go. Saints came into the game. With one of the worst pass rushes in the entire NFL, one of the worst. So there's a there's a stat. Obviously, we know what sacks are in the NFL, right? But sometimes sack numbers can be a bit skewed in the sense that if you're trailing a lot in games, teams are going to be running the ball, less opportunities for sacks. Or if you're ahead, teams are trying to throw the ball to catch up, more opportunities for sacks. So sometimes that number can be somewhat misleading, just the general total. So there's a stat out there called sack percentage. So it's the number of times you get a sack per every drop back for the opposing team. The Saints were 28th in the NFL in sack percentage, just over 5%. So to paint the picture for you, so when the Saints are playing defense, for every 20 times an opposing quarterback would drop back, the Saints would get one sack. One out of every 20. That's 5%. That's it. By the way, Carolina Panthers have a worse sack percentage rate. I'll get into that in a little bit. So they came into the game averaging 1.8 sacks per game, 29th in the NFL. Saints had four. They had more than doubled their per-game average in this one. I know one of those sacks came late when things were kind of already out of hand. This game was already like wrapped up. But they got four, more than double per game. More than double per game the Saints got. That everyone is the get-right game. So, yeah, Chris Taylor talked about, oh, they – they're running the ball. Like, we ran for 200 yards. The blocking, you know, so blocking somebody. Well, you still can't block anyone rushing the passer. Still can't do that. All right, let's get to the fourth thing here. This defense is good for the Carolina Panthers. It's a good defense. But they're far from great. They're good. I'll say that again. This is a good defense. But they are far from great. I know they've been banged up a bunch this season. They've dealt with a ton of injuries. And in terms of yards per game, they're top five in the NFL in terms of yards per game. But yards per game really doesn't matter if you don't get stops in crucial areas. The Saints were three of four in the red zone yesterday. So four trips inside the Carolina Panthers' 20-yard line for the New Orleans Saints. Three times they came away with a touchdown, 75%. Carolina is next to last in the NFL in red zone touchdown percentage. So that's the percentage of times the opposing team scores a touchdown against the Carolina Panthers when they enter the red zone. Carolina, 31st in the NFL, 72%. So right there at that three out of every four attempts. That's not really good. Now, I will say this. The defense constantly gets put in bad situations because the offense's inability to move the ball down the field, you know, often enough. So, yeah, you get put in bad positions. But nonetheless, your defense in the red zone Still gives up a lot of touchdowns. 2.8 offensive touchdowns per game allowed by this defense. 28th in the NFL. Panthers are 30th in the NFL in sack percentage at 5.04%. Mm. 
So basically one out of every 20 dropbacks in, uh, of the opposing team, Panthers get one sack. Last year, they were 25th in the NFL at 5.69. Defense is good, but they're far from great. They don't get a lot of big, a lot of big plays. They just don't have the guys to really do that. Which actually leads me into my fifth and final thing here about the Carolina Panthers and their 28-6 loss. Derek Brown had one heck of a game yesterday. Yeah. That dude, one heck of a game. He's about to, he's in his fourth year, about to go into his fifth year. You going to get this guy signed? (laughs) You going to get a deal done with this guy? Because quality interior defensive linemen, hard to find. Like, they're not. Like, yeah, you can maybe get a guy that might be like a depth guy that can rotate, but interior guys that can wreak havoc, not easy to find in the NFL. There's a reason why this guy was a top 10 pick, Derek Brown. 10 tackles yesterday, even had an interception. Even had an interception yesterday, Derek Brown did. Just jumping up, realized he wasn't going to get to the quarterback or create any sort of havoc, just gets his hands up, knocks the ball down to, to himself, gets an INT. Now the Panthers didn't do anything really with it, but nonetheless, still made one heck of a play. But someone that makes the just kind of boggles my mind a little bit. Brian Burns goes quiet quite a bit. Like watching Brian Burns, it's just when's the last time that he actually okay, I know he didn't get any sacks yesterday, but if you want to be one of the upper tier pass rushers in the NFL, you need to be more disruptive. But when's the last time you actually saw like on a on a third down and like seven, Brian Burns? On a pass rush, maybe doesn't get to the quarterback, but draws a holding penalty. I hate to say this, you sort of forget that he's out there yes. from time to time. Yeah, like, oh, there he is. There's number zero. Like, when's the last time you actually saw him do that? The Carolina Panthers only have one. Sh- we talked about, uh, you know, the limited playmaking ability on this team. Carolina Panthers have one strip sack. So a strip sack. So you sack the quarterback and you force a fumble on the exact same play. Carolina Panthers have won this season. One strip sack the entire season. And it came on the third play of the game, week one, against the Atlanta Falcons. Because the Panthers started that game on defense. Brian Burns comes around the edge on third down. Sacks Desmond Ritter. Ritter fumbles the ball but falls right on top of it, does Ritter. So we didn't even get a turnover off of it. That's the only time the Carolina Panthers have sacked the quarterback and caused a fumble the entire season. The entire season. And it was on the third play of the game. I'm not saying that Brian Burns has to have like 16 of those over the course of the season, but you got to be more of a threat to do those things. You have to be more disruptive in the backfield. Even if you don't, like I said, even if you don't get to the quarterback, either you're drawing penalties against the offensive line or you're forcing the the quarterback to, to flush out of the pocket so other guys can get sacks. People say, well, there's not really a whole lot around them. That was the healthiest the defense has really been all season since week one. Chin is back, even though they don't really use him a whole lot. J.C. Horn was back. Von Bell, Xavier Woods, your Dante Jackson, your whole secondary is back. The only person you were really missing was Shaq Thompson. Yeah. That's really the only person you were missing was Shaq Thompson. I think Deshaun Williams was out too, but he hasn't done really much of anything this season either. So my point is, is that even if there are other guys around him aren't either – available to play or aren't being as productive, he still needs to find ways to be disruptive as well. And he's not really doing that because you would think with Derek Brown inside, okay, if you're going to chip and double team on Burns, well, that would free up Frankie Lufu to do more. Or maybe if Derek Brown's getting double teamed, are you going to double team Burns as well? I, I don't know. It's just he needs to be more disruptive of a player. And I think if he wants to be in terms of guys we talk about 
with you know the Max Crosbys and the Boses and the Watts and the Garretts. If he wants to be anywhere near that level, he has to be more disruptive as a player.